North Carolina is preseason number one and absolutely loaded with a returning cast. So how on earth is this year's freshman class going to contribute to the ultimate goal of a national championship? You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Tuesday, November 1st, 2022. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or your first watch every single day. Please don't forget, we're free and available anywhere you get podcasts, so you can subscribe right now to make sure that you don't miss a second of your team every day. It's great to be joined today on Locked on Tar Heels by Sports Illustrated's Director of Basketball Recruiting, Mr. Jason Jordan. And it is hard to believe now that we are six days, less than a week away from the start of the college basketball season. And that means the class of 22 that we've been looking at and talking about and all this for so long is now no longer recruits. They're part of these teams. And so what Jason and I are going to do today is take a look back at Carolina's four-person freshman class who they were on the recruiting trail. Three of these four were in Jason's SI99 rankings. And so first we're going to start uh, by just talking about who they were as Jason was uh, starting to get to see them in their game as high school students. So as a reminder, let, let's look at them. Uh, we'll just take it in the order of Jason's SI99. So you got Seth Trimble, who was 32, Jalen Washington, who was 35, Tyler Nickel, who was 90 on the low lower end of that, and then Will Shaver, uh, who was not ranked in the SI99 and, and a lot of the other rankings, but obviously he will be able to be a contributor. So Jason, let's take them in that order. Let's start with Seth Trimble out of Menominee Falls, Wisconsin. What do you remember about him? So uh, I'm a big fan of Seth. I think we probably had him the highest ranked of uh, different rankings just because I had a he, he made a big impression on me. Yeah, I'm um, watching him all summer and all spring uh, for the last couple of years. But uh, super athlete, I would say that first um, super athlete, super athletic point guard, really adept at getting downhill and getting into the lane and uh, super strong with the ball. So he finishes through contact. But um, he's the guy who's going to make wow plays uh, from the backcourt, makes great decision, great, great decisions, great reads. And then he can be a hound on the defensive end, too. So he's a potential lockdown defender, um, a guy who. I think he'll fill that role this year because he'll be able to, you know, learn under the best backcourt in the country. Um, but, you know, a guy who could potentially be a lockdown defender at the point guard spot, but um, high IQ guy, runs the um, runs the offense really well, you know, gets the ball out in transition. I think you guys may have heard about that type of <laughs> might be how you guys like to play. He's not a guy who holds the ball, not going to pat it forever, makes winning plays. Um, so I understand why, you know, I don't think he just went there because his brother went there. Um, I think the system fits him to a T and I think he'll be like a fan favorite in the years to come. Yeah, absolutely. And, and for those who saw Carolina's exhibition game last Friday, everything that Jason just said, uh, has already borne out to be true. And for those who aren't aware, just as, as Jason referenced Seth's older brother, that's JP Tokato, who was at Carolina, man, been a, a, around a decade ago. Now that's hard to believe. Uh, that means we're all getting really old, Mr. Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, let's transition from Seth 
to the player three spots later in your rankings at number 35, Jalen Washington, um, who it seems like uh, talent-wise, strictly based on that, probably would have been higher in just about every recruiting service, but due to some knee injuries, uh, kind of lingered lower than he would be. What what is is there truth to that, Jason? What what are your thoughts on Mr. Jalen Washington? Oh yeah, healthy. I mean, with the logical progression, he probably he would have been a McDonald's kid. Um, I, I don't think anybody disputes that. I mean, at some point you have to. I mean, he didn't play in like a year and a half. You know, um, ACL, and then I think it was. Well, I'm not even gonna do that. But I, I heard there were some issues right with the ACL, and he had to go back and make sure everything was okay. But um, I guess he's 100% now, um, you know, ready to roll. And so that's a great thing for you guys because I'm as talented. As, and nobody's talking about him. That's the funny thing. I guess because we don't have the sample size and, you know, things like that. He wasn't, you know, a high-profile guy because he wasn't playing. But, you know, at 6'10", he, like he's a stretch for, stretch for extraordinaire, right? So he's a, he knocks down shots, super <laughs> athlete, super agile. Um, but just plays with a high motor and um, mm. great rebounder, great anticipation on defense, on the defensive end, uh, just playing passing lanes and, you know, deflections and as a rim protector as well. So he checks off a lot of boxes. I'm curious as to how um, they'll be able to implement him because you guys, I mean, it's a great problem to have, but y'all have a traveling all-star team. So, right. um, you know, but, but a, an amazing piece. I mean, people kind of compare him to, maybe potentially filling the Marvin Williams role or something like that. Um, just the guy who gives the spark off the bench, but you'll be able to tell his, his, uh, his potential like immediately, you know, um, because he's really that good. But the only reason that he wasn't hired to your point was because he just wasn't playing and, and other guys were producing and, you know, we got to give, we got to give them their flowers. That's right. That's right. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because at, at that point, you can't go on projections. You got to yeah. go with what you're seeing on the court. And All so Jalen will have to prove that. And we will uh, unpack his role specifically on this year's team, along yeah. with these other guys here in just a little bit. Let's yeah. keep the train moving then. And quite a bit further down the rankings yeah. is Mr. Tyler Nickel, who is Virginia's all-time leading scorer. But many wonder, hey, he's playing at, at a little bit of a lower high school level. And so the offense is clearly there. Uh, what about his defense? So what, are, what are the things that you saw from Tyler Nickel as a high school player? Well, just great size. I mean, he played with Loaded North Carolina, one of the best teams on the Adidas circuit. And um, no, no, he played with Loaded Virginia. I'm sorry, North Carolina. He played with <laughs> Virginia, so many things. But the biggest thing about Tyler was, you know, we let's just get to the chase. He's a shot maker, right? Yes. So he's a guy who's going to stretch the defense. Um one of the one of the best uh, shot makers on the Adidas circuit for sure, um, but you know, I think he's underrated at being able to get his shot off. You know, a lot of people mm. think he's just a standstill shooter, but he was he was adept at um, creating space to get that shot off against you know very athletic wings and some of your favorite players in <laughs> on, on those rankings. I saw him give some buckets too, so. Um, yeah, I mean, he's one game that really stands out, and this will probably really shock people, but he played against, um, was it Durant, uh, Derek Lively, and Jalen Duran at, um, uh, what was it? It was a tournament in Virginia during the spring, and he really got off in that game, um, and he really showed his capabilities as a, um, as a guy who's able to create his own shot. So 
you know, you know, I know people gave him flack for playing at a, a small high school, but at the end of the day, he put up some numbers. You know, so <laughs> I always say, um, tw- you understand what I mean when I say this, but 20, 20 a game isn't twenty a game, but thirty a game is thirty a game. You know, I don't interesting. Care. Yeah, like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. um, you know, but at the end of the day, he's going to see the court as he's able to knock down shots. And, um, you know, obviously he's going to have to defend. He's not getting on the court without that. And so I think that that probably, and we'll talk about that more, but that'll be his biggest curve. But he's a big-time shot maker for sure. Okay, interesting. So Jason believes that shot-making capability is going to transition uh, to all levels, and we've already seen some of that in the preseason and scrimmages and things of that nature. And then the the final member of this class, Jason, and as we said, was not ranked uh, in many of the recruiting services, but is Will Shaver coming out of Alabama, a huge body, and uh, you know is going to be more of a development. But what are what are some of the things that stood out with him as a high school player? Like you said, big body, space eater. He's able to um, finish plays, great hands, soft touch um, around the rim. It's good that he's going to be able to develop. You know, I don't think he he's ready to be in a – not at that level where he can just be thrown into the fire. I think he get lost um, respectfully. But um, <laughs> I think, um, you know, guarding Armando Baco in practice every day, I think that will um, – pay huge dividends down the road. I mean, he's a four-year guy. And there's no way around it. Um, but, you know, I think he's a guy who could provide some like, – he's a really good rebounder. Um, he works really hard, plays with a high motor. And on that team, because of, the, you know, people forget – and I forget, but people – you have to remember, because of all that talent, like he's a guy who can definitely finish plays. He has great hands. Um, so I think he could provide potentially some some really good minutes um, – if called upon. Now, at the end of the day, Mondo played 31, 32 minutes a game. Yeah. I mean, you know, Huber's going to play his guys. He's going to play right. his guys. So, you know, I wouldn't expect him to, you know, be a 15-minute guy, that, you know. But we'll talk about that. But I, but to keep – to stay on that capable backup, capable backup, who I think, you know, um, with the logical progression could um, – see some positive more positive minutes as the years <laughs> yes absolutely and so to some of what jason's yeah. talking about uh what we want to look at is with north carolina's loaded returning court just exactly how will these four incoming freshmen carve out a role or a niche on this team and how do the things that jason saw on the recruiting trail translate to how they will fit hubert davis's and we'll talk about that right after i tell you about nissan This week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers in vehicles as capable as the drivers themselves. When I think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment, it has to be Drake May and the Heisman progression that he has been on. Man, in this game against Pitt this weekend, it started with Antoine Green's one-handed ball-to-the-shoulder pads touchdown catch. And it finished with Drake May having a career-high 388 passing yards. He had five passing TDs, the third one of those this season. It's his fifth game with five total TDs, a feat only accomplished by two other ACC quarterbacks in the past 25 years, some guy named Lamar Jackson and some other guy named Todd Boyd. You might have heard of them. He leads the nation in total TDs, total offense per game. He's tied with Ohio State's C.J. Stroud in passing touchdowns. 
This Drake May train keeps on rolling, folks, and that is our thrilling Nissan moment of this week. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. It's all available now at NissanUSA.com. Okay, so Jason, I, I want to get back to um, talking about these guys. But before we do, let me remind you that these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. So, Jason, as we reference, and you started to touch on this some, man, this Carolina team, I think you said it is like a walking all-star circus. And so uh, you've got these who project to be high-level college players, um, and they're coming in. What what exactly can their role be on this team? You said let's start with Seth Trimble. I know you said uh, perhaps the best backcourt in America in Caleb Love and R.J. Davis. How how can Seth Trimble carve out a role along with those guys? It'll be tough because you know let's look at the. I mean I think Caleb played thirty four. R.J. played thirty three minutes again. Hubert's all played in star. <laughs> that's, what, that's what we do know. You know, um, but. You know, to be fair, I mean, he kind of had to last year, right? You got to just give it, you know, hit you with your best shot. But now he has a capable backup in Seth Trimble, um, more than capable. Let's be clear. Seth Trimble's a starter. Um, yes. That's a fact. He's a starter who is going to be able to reap the benefits of learning under the best backcourt, I believe is the best backcourt in the country. So um, that will serve him well in the years to come. And yeah, you, you know, I know people don't want to talk about this. This they are the back best backcourt. But they can be a little sometimes they have been a little yeah. up and down. You know, particularly Caleb. Particularly Caleb. Caleb. Feast of famine yeah. Caleb sometimes, you know, that he can be feast of famine, you know. Um so, you know, I think Seth is a guy who can step in and provide I would say an up I don't want to say a spark cuz that seems like, you know, but I think he could probably provide a little bit of an upgrade of a spark. Like he can run the offense. I mean, I think yeah. you guys have seen it. You know, he's a cape, and then you know, Hubert puts a premium on defense. He's gonna get sure. after it on defense. And he can get downhill. I haven't seen people be able to stay in front of Seth Trimble. Um, and he played in the EYBL. <laughs> you know, that's the best, best of the best, as everybody knows. So um, yeah, you know, I, I think he's an upgrade of a capable backup, but um, I do think he'll um, benefit from learning under the best backcourt in the country. But I, he'll 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 get his minutes. I think he'll get. I think of the he and Jalen Washington will probably get you know around the same minutes as backups. But I think that could potentially be your seven man rotation right there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Seth's let's. Seth yeah, I mean, good. I'm goodness I'm gracious. Seth. Seth, yeah. Seth is a bad man. I'm telling you. Yes. Seth is a bad yes. Man. And because if if Coach Davis, uh, if if he earns Coach Davis's trust yeah. and is able to provide legitimate backup, I mean, there's a difference in spot minutes and like legitimate backup minutes. Right. If we can make that distinction, and if he's able to do that, I mean, do you foresee that making RJ and Caleb all the more efficient? Like, hey, you can come out, get a legitimate breather, and then when you're in, you can go full bore because you know that Seth Tremble is going to provide if not the same level, little, little drop off when he's in. 
So let me be let me be a hundred percent clear. He will get. <laughs> I'm telling you, they okay. And, you know, and I and I get it, but you know, they probably have the uh, the NBA range thing over him right now. But um, yeah. he's definitely going to push them, and they're going to push him. And and I do. This is why I think they're the number one team in the country because of guys like Seth, who are going to. They're going to do exactly what you said. They're going to push each other, and it's going to raise everybody's level mm-hmm. and um i think you, you know you've seen that in the scrimmages and you know you can't tell a lot about scrimmages but you'll see sure. that early <laughs> on in the year you know um because he's really that good he's really yeah. that good yeah. yeah that's great now you referenced jalen washington and, and earlier when you talked about him you made a little bit of a marvin williams comparison and i love that thought because man this high high level recruit coming in for the 2004 2005 national championship yeah. team never started a single game and was the third pick in the 05 NBA yeah. draft um and so Jalen Watt now obviously a little bit different with Jalen Washington yeah. coming off these injuries just recently been cleared so I guess it's a twofold question Jason how long does it take to get into legitimate game shape coming back from that and then secondarily, how can he provide, similar to Seth Trimble, legit backup minutes for the for the backcourt, how can he provide that same type of breather in the front court, front court for Armando Baycott and Pete Nance? Yeah, well, you know, usually coming off that ACL, it takes at least about, you know, I'd say two to three months uh, to get in real, real, you know. I mean, you can be out there playing, but, you know, they got to overcome mental hurdles and obviously physical things are probably still yeah. in um, rehab. Yeah. But the mental hurdle I've always been told is the biggest hurdle um but you know you know with Pete Nance kind of throws a wrench into it because you know they kind of they kind of fill the same role you know yeah, and exactly and Nance is gonna play you know he's gonna play a lot he's really he's he's a bad man y'all got a lot of bad men. y'all got a lot of bad men. I got a lot of bad men but Jalen similar to Seth like we said He's got, definitely going to be a guy who provides that spark. But people will see. You know, NBA guys know about Jalen. Obviously, everybody wants to see how he, um, how he's looking. You know, in game situations. But you know, it's trick. It's you know, trickling out that he's looking pretty good. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, the game is all about knocking out shots. That's right. Know, we can peel back all the little cool layers and all the cool things, <laughs> and you knock down some shots. <laughs> and at six ten, he he's knocking down shots efficiently, um, and that's probably the best part of his offensive game. Great motor, a great defender. We talked about that. Um, great anticipation and all that stuff. But on the offensive end, with his ability to knock down shots and stretch the defense, um, he's going to definitely see time, and he's just going to make them that much more lethal. Man. It's just a matter of time. Got to get Jalen Washington fully healthy. The nice yeah. thing is this depth affords you, the depth in the upperclassmen returning affords you that capability. And so you love yeah. um, how the coaching staff and the medical staff will be able to slowly work him oh, well, in. Yeah. And then I want to ask about Tyler Nickel as well and how he'll fit on this team because it's interesting. While it's maybe a more high high level front court and back court this wing position is loaded for carolina obviously leaky black arguably the best defender in the acc maybe the nation will start at the three but then you've got puff johnson coming in behind him Dontrez styles and there's kind of that floating between two to four you know where it's if you're playing small ball or big or whatever but ultimately tyler nickel 
really is either a huge shooting guard or a three. Um, and if you're going small, maybe, maybe up to a four, but um, obviously he can knock down shots, but how, how can he find a way in to this lineup to provide maybe some microwave minutes scoring? Well, I'm, I'm going to say, so at that level, it's all about who you can defend. You have to ask that question first. So if, if you're not going to be able to defend the wing, and respectfully, I don't think Tyler Nichol is going to be able to defend <laughs> at this level. Not today, right? Not today. Not today. Um, nope. So I'm going to have to put him into um, a stretch four. Uh, shout out to my man, Dane Irvin. We had this conversation. Okay. He'll laugh if he ever reads it. But um, he's definitely a stretch four. I think Tyler's definitely a stretch which has got to make it even harder. Because, I mean, there we just talked about the two guys that are occupying those borders. <laughs> uh, so I don't I don't think that we're going to get a lot from Tyler in year one. In year um, one, yep. In year one. But I definitely think he's a, a capable um, guy who can come in and, you know, grow into a guy who is a starter there in Chapel Hill. I really believe that because he's just too – he's too good a shooter. And, I, again, name it a game. You know, he has that going for him. But I think as he, you know, um, as he develops on the defensive end, as he develops um, just with physical things with agility and, uh, you know, athleticism and quickness sure. and things like that, sure. I think, he'll, you know, he'll be a stronger player. And, he, and the reality is it's set up for him to, to our point, to be able to develop. That's the great thing about this class. And that's what's going to really propel you guys. And that's what people should be. Yeah, like that. People don't understand. They're like, "We well, want, you know, what about Seth? We heard Seth was this. Why is he not doing? Well, you know, you got you okay? Well, then give me Caleb and RJ, and I'll give you Seth. I'm gonna take them <laughs> off your team. You know, it's like come yeah. on. You know, but you have to look yeah. at long term. You have to look at big picture. And long term and big picture, um, Tyler Nichols is a guy who I definitely think will be um a big time uh, production guy for you guys. I I love that point you just made, Jason, and that's exactly where I want to go next is yeah. to look at. How can a big-time program like Carolina sell big-time recruits on, hey, come be part of a class that helps us build longevity within our program? I want to look at the answer to that question right after I tell you about Sweat Block. It's the day after Halloween today, and I had an experience this weekend where I could have massively benefited from Sweat Block. I was at a trunk or treat this weekend at my church and it got moved indoors because of rain. And let me tell you, there were too many people in a confined space. I was wearing way too many layers and I sweated out five pounds off my body. It was a miserable experience. I could have been able to fix my problem if I had only had the help of sweat block. Sweatblocks wipes are a must-have for everyone's personal bags and belongings. Whether it's a big presentation or a hot date, everyone can benefit from having the Sweatblock wipes on hand. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweatblock. You can save 20% with promo code LOCKEDON at sweatblock.com. It's also available on Amazon. Man, Jason, there we go. We're in the middle of recording podcasts. I could, I could use some of that myself right now. Check out that sweat block, folks. You love it. Um, but but very seriously, Jason, I mean, these guys, you talked about uh, Seth Tremble, starter, Jalen Washington, when he's healthy, high-level starter, could probably be at other at in oh, yeah. other programs starting day one right now. Yeah. Um, but so if you're Hubert Davis, if you're Sean May or other members of this coaching staff, Brad Frederick, whomever it may be, how do you sell a top 40 player, top 50 player, hey, come here and wait your turn. 
How do you how do you make that pitch? You, so you can make that pitch toward the the latter tier of that uh, of that range, right? Gotcha. So I'll, I'll I'll bring it home for you, Simeon. Your guy in twenty three. You're not you're not selling, and Simeon's a humble kid. I mean, one of the nicest kids, so respectable, great family. Um, but you're not gonna sell him on, hey man, come wait your turn, because it's not gonna happen. You know, like you're not doing that with a top fifteen level, right? Be clear, really top twenty five. You probably could, but mentally, top twenty five, mm, they're not hearing that. You know, mm. so. Um, but I'll say this: if ever there were a year to say, "Hey, come wait your turn," and you know, come here and play with this traveling all-star team, you know, um, I mean, look who we have. Like, do you really expect me to sit Caleb up? Like the guy who hit that shot <laughs> over Mark Williams, <laughs> the one that had thirty and gave Duke buckets that you, he's gonna sit. You know, you're not splitting minutes with him. You're gonna have to sit behind him. You know, you really want to Mondo? Here's a Mondo burger. I mean, are you sitting? You, you, <laughs> no, you're not playing over a Mondo Baker. You're not doing that. But you could learn. You could come in here and give us that spark. You can come in here and. Uh, you know, now there are some guys, you know, Marvin Williams, that's a great example. That's the, the example. Yeah. I'm going to take you back even further. Remember Corey Maggetti? Oh, yeah. I mean, he, Duke's, uh, the Duke team that won, that lost one game and then uh, lost in the, got outcoached, sorry, got outcoached <laughs> in the national championship by um, UConn. Um, so, but Corey Maggetti, was you know a lottery pick and but he came and he was the sixth man and um he played behind nate james who was a role right. player you That's know right. so um i think if anybody could sell it it, it would have to be a team like they, they have a team like you guys have now because i know i'm being old, old referencing things from <laughs> no it's great they have a team like you guys have now where you're expected to win the title right people are like championship or bust and y'all are okay with that because you got the team to do it but it's going to have to be that team. And I mean that team. I'm not talking about number three. I'm talking about the team that is supposed to win. And that's the only year you're going to be able to sell that to like a top tier kid. But, you know, 20, 30, and 30 to 50, you could sell that. You could. That's an easier sell. But again, it's got to be this team. Got to be specifically this team. Yeah. Now, and that, and that brings up a great question. As you think about those tiers, like in that 30 to 50, is that – uh, the recruiting philosophy of some coaches and program, like for example, I know um, Duke, Kentucky, etc., going high after that that highest tier every opportunity they possibly can. Is it the recruiting philosophy of some programs to say, "Hey, we're going after these top thirty kind of guys that can be um, program guys that are going to be around for multi years"? Like, is that a way that some are approaching it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, some like the the Dukes and the Kentuckys, they don't they expect you know, you're in freshman, do your thing, get up out of here. You know, and some guys aren't like that. You know, most most I mean, they're kind of probably the only two that are like that. Um, but they the turnover every year um, is expected, and so because of that, they they go toward the top tens. You know, top ten kids, top fifteen kids, and that is that philosophy there. But <clears throat> You, I mean, they, but you have to, you know, 
in that bunch, you have to have role players. And now you have to have transfer portal guys. You got to save some spots. You know, um, that's just the world we live in. But, yeah, certainly that's the philosophy for um, most schools to go in that 50 range and kind of sell in the way that you're talking about. Yeah. Oof, what a mess this whole recruiting game is. So, Jason, let me, let me ask you, as you look at this four-person class, again, Seth Trimble, Jalen Washington, Tyler Nickel, and Will Shaver, who projects to you to have the best college career? And I know part of that is looking at like who's around for a little bit, right? right. And so I know that's part of that mix. Um, but of those four, who would you say has the best college career? Seth Trimble. Seth Trimble, because I, I expect him to be around for a little bit, you know. I think Jalen could provide a spark and be like, ooh, ooh, ooh all right, man. Now we see him. <laughs> and then he could be like, he's out of here. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he's, and then he's got the size and, you know, the, the ability. He's got an NBA game. You'll see. Um, but I think he could be gone. That's why I say that. I mean, talent-wise, certainly if he's going to stay a long term, it would be he'd be up there too but Seth I think will be around Seth is like I said for all intents and purposes like to your point he he's a starter at any other school that he picks um but he wanted to come there and be part of something special and I think he will be um and so um yeah I think he'll stick around and I think he'll be you know a fan favorite I think he's gonna get all the high fives getting on the bus in March <laughs> yes. for, for years that's a great yeah. way to put it yeah. i love it yeah. yes all right folks jason jordan's is you hear it the carolina backcourt is in good hands probably yeah. for years to come we'll be on the lookout for that jason thank you so much for that look back at these young men and then the projection forward of what you see from them in the upcoming year appreciate you being with us as always indeed man thanks for having me that's it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Big thanks, as always, to Jason Jordan for joining us. Coming up tomorrow, Pat Kilby and I look back at the exhibition game from last Friday, some lessons learned from it, and what that means for the upcoming regular season opener next Monday night. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. You can follow our guy Jason at Jason Jordan SI, and you can follow me at Isaac Shade. Thanks for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and of course, our take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or anywhere else you get podcasts. Hey, if you haven't already, would love to have you subscribe to the show. Smash the like button if you're watching on YouTube. Leave some comments on your thoughts on this incoming freshman class. And don't forget to hit the bell so you get notifications every time a new episode drops. Really appreciate you hanging out with me on a Tuesday. It's the beginning of November. How is that a real thing? And I want to remind you that every single day is a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until tomorrow, peace. <laughs>